We are very excited about today's show, but before we begin, we have Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us about what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. One of the most common questions that I get from our VIP members or anyone looking for some pageant tips or tricks is what do they need to pack? for pageant week, pageant weekend, pageant day. So we at the Pageant Planet have developed a comprehensive pageant packing checklist. Awesome. Okay. So um, does this cover all age divisions, all systems, or is it one of those things where there's a tab and you say, if you compete in Miss America, go here, or if you're in the teen division, go there? So what it is, it's a really granular list and it covers everything from topics like competition wardrobe, to toiletries, makeup, et cetera. So my advice is print it out and I would just then cross out or kind of indicate which of those are relevant to you. So obviously if you are in a princess, if you're the mother or father of a princess contestant, a lot of the makeup won't be relevant to you if you're not in a glitz pageant. So just go ahead and cross that off and make your own custom version of this. It's really just a guideline of here's everything that we suggest you bring with you and then make sure you have um, you tailor it to fit your exact needs. Let me ask you this. What's the even importance of having a packing list like that? Um, I mean, I, I'm probably not alone when I say this, but several times I'll either pack and I'll be in the car or on the plane. I'm like, I know I forgot something. And then you feel panicked and you know, it's on the back of your mind. You can't like just settle down and enjoy the ride. It's just, Oh my gosh, what did I forget? What did I forget? So that's the first thing is like having that birdie on your shoulder, always like, well, you forgot something. So this will help you uh, prevent that. And the other is you always want to be prepared and organized. So if, for for, exa for example, you step on your train and you have a little bit of a, like a, a split in one of your seams, I know that there's a, a sewing kit on this packing list. So that way you just, you know, you have what you need in case the unexpected happens. Yeah. And the other benefit from my perspective is if I'm a very first time pageant girl, I don't even know what to ask because I'm so new. So having um, a super granular packing list like this would be like, oh my man, I never even thought that I should bring um, this item to my pageant. So that'd be beneficial to me as a newbie. I mean, it's every, I mean, it's something as simple as breath mints. I mean, if you have a one-on-one -on -one interview and you're sitting across from a judge you don't want to have coffee breath, <laughs> yeah. right? You want to leave a great first impression. So like what I have even thought to put Tic Tacs or like certs or whatever in my packing list, I mean, I usually keep them in my purse, but I never would have thought of it as a pageant item, but it certainly does come into play. So this is just something to help you cross all your T's, dot your I's, and make sure that you have that peace of mind, your arriving pageant um, time prepared, ready, and equipped with everything you might need. That's great. Now, where do they find it? How much does it cost? Um, all that stuff. It is so, so accessible. It is completely free. You just have to go to our website, and it's under the section freebies, packing checklist, and it's all right there for your convenience. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to be discussing goal setting. So, Jesse, set the stage for us. So, pageants are all about personal growth, and we hear that all the time. Pageants are really 
one of the best sports if you're looking to better yourself in all areas of your life. Uh, so we think that the new year, so everyone's celebrating a happy new year, uh, it's the perfect time to really reevaluate what your plans for the coming year are, what your strategies are, and like what's in your heart? What is that title that you want to gain? And what strengths and abilities do you want to develop in order to get there. Um, so really seeing, okay, what is the most, like, what is the desire in your heart and what are you going to do to get there in 2018? Awesome. Now, before I ask my follow-up questions with this, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor of today's episode. And today's episode is sponsored by Marta Boda is in that MB face design. She's a meticulous makeup and airbrush tan artist who is extremely seasoned and loves working with pageant contestants. Marta will make you look and feel ready to win the crown. You can learn all about her and her products and her skill by going to mbfacedesign.com. Okay, give us, Jesse, some examples of pageant-related goals that girls do set. Yeah, so one thing is I always think about what areas need the most improvement and how can you take control of putting yourself in a better position for success. So maybe you know your wardrobe is outdated or you've gotten consistent feedback that something's not right. So perhaps you have a a saving money goal or a fundraising goal in particular that you want to make sure that you identify or want to use that money for pageant coaching because that we know is invaluable. Um, Or you want to do a certain amount of appearances. You want to show the judges that you are ready for this higher level job as Miss whatever, whether it's local, state, national, or international. So maybe it's setting up one appearance a week or appearance every other week. Something quantifiable really makes a difference. And then another example is I think probably the most obvious people in the pageant world and out of the pageant world, and that's either toning up, getting into better shape, both for health reasons and for physical appearance. Yeah, and I think the the main key there and what you said was that it is quantifiable. A lot mm-hmm. of times somebody creates goals that's just so fuzzy that there's no way to ever see if you've accomplished that goal. Like sure. um, in business, I want to make more money. Well, you can make a dollar more than you made last year and boom, you hit your goal. Or I want to be successful as a pageant girl. What does that even look like? Does that look like winning the Congeniality Award? Does that look like winning the crown? So I feel like a lot of that stemmed from girls just being fearful of putting themselves out there to say, this is the title I want or this is what I want to accomplish in 2018. Do you feel like that's true? I think it's completely true because, and we'll talk about this later in the podcast, but I mean, we're in such a tough position because pageantry, you could meet all of those goals and all of those steps and still not meet your goal of the ultimate crown because we're not in control of that. I mean, you can put yourself in the best position for success, but it may not happen. So I think a lot of pageant contestants might be fearful to outright say, like, this is my goal for 2018, because it really comes down to one day, one final pageant, and then it's over. So that's why it's important to, I think, set more goals at different levels and different layers of you as a person to build up to that. So instead of saying, you know, that's my only goal this year is to win Miss USA. Well, what if it's my goal is to do, um, to partner with this nonprofit and do three appearances this year with them. So that way, you know, like whether or not you win or take away the crown, you still succeeded in that aspect of your life or preparation. Yeah. Love that. Completely agree. And so, Stephen, I know this is something that you do regularly is have goal setting sessions. So how often should contestants or contestants 
families be having these sessions? And like, do you always have to have one big long-term? Are they check-ins? Like what, what does that look like if I'm planning my goal setting throughout the year? Well, for me personally, when I started goal setting, it was very much fuzzy. You know, people would say, you got to have a goal. I'm like, what does that even look like? How do you like realistically set a goal? I mean, people have all fun little acronyms and stuff, but I had to find something that worked for me and my personality. So at first what I did, I'll tell you what I did wrong first and then like kind of how I simplified it. But Mm. I, I, I did like 20 different goals in all different areas of my life, spiritually, physically, relationally, financially. Um, and then all the different, um, microscopic parts of my business that I wanted to grow, like for pageant planning it'd be how much traffic, how many social media followers, whatever. Well, it got so granular. It was a bit overwhelming. And the other side was I was such an optimist. I'm like, yeah, of course I can quadruple my income in a year. Yeah, that's totally doable. Or yeah, of course I can do X, Y, Z. So, um, what I found was at the as soon as, because my goals were so lofty, as soon as I felt like I, Stephen, wasn't going to achieve that, I started to close down and I started to beat myself mm. up. So there was too many goals and the goals were so big that they act as a deterrent. So I always have done my goals um, once a year. And that was around this time of year, going into the new year. And um, then what I decided to do was over the course of time that I would limit myself to maybe I'm getting a hold of my getting ahead of myself, but I'd limit myself to to three goals. I can go more into that, um, and then I just focus on one at a time. So basically, what I do now personally, I still set my goals um, like today, today and tomorrow. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. a three day window um, of when I set my goals. And then what I do is I do, um, I reorganize that to say, what's the number one goal that I'm going after first? Um, and then I move on to the second and third. Now with Renata and I, we too set our goals as a couple. And we do that um, th- at the beginning of every um, year. But then what we do is at the beginning of every month, we set a financial goal, a relational goal, and a physical goal like together, like fitness. And then we write it down. We have it on our (laughs) refrigerator of like, this is how much we make. Uh, Right now, it's like we're in perfect partnership and um, and we're like physically fit. So it's kind of like guiding the compass. And then Mm -hmm. um, the next month, it's going to be, okay, we're going to be doing XYZ, like very specific stuff about our fitness, very specific things about our relationship. I love that. And with those, I'm very curious to hear more about these three that you're defining. So how specific or how general are those? And do you do mini goals underneath that overarching number of three to get there? Or is that the one goal and then you're just updating that constantly? So the three goals are a max of three goals. And what that helps me to do is really get focused on what it is that I truly want to accomplish this year. And um, I'll take you back and I can give you a real life working example if you feel like that would be beneficial. Go for it. So specifically in relation to girls who are competing in, in a pageant, obviously we're pageant planet, but, and then how vague that is. Well, when I was in 2014, I made a goal that I wanted to meet my wife and my friends were like, you can't make a goal like that. You can't determine like when you're going to meet your wife. That's ridiculous. And, but I had a financial goal and then I had a goal of like that. I wanted to meet the woman I was going to marry in 2014. So first my 
financial goal, I got really clear um, as to why I wanted my financial goal. And for me, the reason why I wanted my financial goal in 2014 is I didn't feel um, worthy enough as a man to enter into a relationship until I actually made that goal. And that was important Mm. to me because I wanted to um, meet my wife. And if I wasn't making a certain amount of money, I would feel pretty much like insecure because I didn't feel like I'd be able to provide for her. And that was just important for my upbringing, et cetera. Like uh, not that like my wife had to be dependent on me. Renata certainly is not. She has her own success, but I needed that to feel like I could provide if anything happened. Sure. Um, so I made the goal and then I hit the financial goal. And then, um, but in the process I made, I, when I have a goal, I say, what action steps do I, Stephen, need to take? Because the Bible says faith without works is dead. So in essence, if you're not taking an actionable step towards whatever goal that you've set, you're not going to accomplish it. And it could be something as simple. If you want to move from your crappy apartment to a nicer apartment, pack up all your stuff, put it in suitcases, right? You're taking an actionable step. And every time you look at your suitcase, you're like, oh, the reason I'm doing this is because I believe I'm going to move into a better apartment. And for me, um, I made a list of everything that I wanted in a woman. Like, this is what I feel like I want my wife to act like personality types, um, like success, like, you know, some of the things that were uh, non-negotiables that she had to have. And then other things that's just kind of like a wish list. And so I remember talking to my mentor about the goals I've set and specifically about like what I've set to make, to meet my wife. And he's like, oh, did you make a list? I was like, yes, I did. And he said, <laughs> are you your list? And I was like, I don't know. And so I went back through and I looked and I said, there's 10 things that I want in a woman that I'm not in a man, that I'm not as a man. And like some examples of that, like I want a woman that um, she would be neat and tidy. And I looked, I'm like, you know, I don't even make my bed in the morning. And, you know, it's like, and sometimes it was like, I'd have a clean house. Other times I wouldn't. And then the other would be like, I wanted a woman that could cook. And I was like, I never cooked. So how can I request that? So um, he said, when you become your list, you'll find your wife because you attract who you are. So there was 10 different things. And again, I created actionable steps. So in January, I didn't eat out at all. And I cooked all of my own meals. Another thing that I wanted to do was I wanted a wife that was physically fit. And I'd let myself get out of shape. So I joined a fitness competition to get myself back on track. And the other thing is like, I wanted a wife that could be present and you know, oh, like just talking to me, not playing on her phone instead of like talking to me. And anyway, so I figured I would work on one of those attributes per month and then I would be my list in October. And then that would give me November and December to find my wife. Well, Renata and I met, um, and we actually started dating October the 27th. So the 10th month when I was working on my final attribute, which is learning how to be present, she and I started dating on October 27th of 2014. And I think that comes into play in a big way too, Stephen, because you had that lofty goal of meeting your wife, but what does that really mean? But then you are putting yourself in positions to find someone that fit that list because you were putting yourself in situations that match you up with those types of people. So I think that's a really interesting way to look at it. So you can have these big goals, but you have to be willing to do the steps necessary. It's not just you set this goal and you achieve it or you don't. There's always steps that go into it. So I love that real life example. Yeah. And when you're talking about titles, 
what does a Miss USA look like? What does a Miss Ohio look like? A Miss California? Like what are certain attributes that you feel is important? And then you got to become that goal. When I wanted to increase my revenue, I had to create um, ways to serve society more because that's how you're compensated in life, like with the service that you render to society. So I'm like, how can I be of more service to society? And so it's, the goal is kind of like you got to become that thing. And then as soon as you become it, you get it. And there's a saying that says a wish becomes a want, becomes a need, becomes a got, a G-O-T. So mm-hmm. when you become it, you'll get it. And that's my belief turning uh, goals towards goal setting. I, I love that we're having this conversation because so I think back to my New Year's resolutions over the years and some of which I succeeded at, some of which I didn't, but things as like, so I'm very curious. I wish you guys could let us know what your um, New Year's resolutions are. I mean, la- last year, one of mine was something as simple as I only wanted to hit the snooze button once a day because <laughs> I am, I am a Taurus and by nature, we like to sleep like 23 hours a day and you know, Steven, you know me, I'm always going nonstop. So to actually get me to sleep is a miracle. And then I want to sleep forever once I'm there. So that was one of my New Year's resolutions. And I think it lasted like a week. And I know I'm not alone. People set resolutions and they fail within a week. But it's so important to just like sit down and not talk about, okay, what is the goal? But why is this the goal? And, you know, I've, again, I've, I've had several that I have succeeded with and several that I haven't. So if you're listening out there and you are like me where the first week goes by and you're gung-ho and then it falls off, like totally been there. But it's important to recognize what is the purpose of this goal. Stephen, have you ever had one that you like really set and just flop totally? Oh my gosh. <clears throat> I remember I used to have a sales job and I wanted to make, um, the the first goal was I wanted to hit six figures. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I could just make like ten thousand dollars a month, I'll be like it. And I needed, I know I needed like average um, certain amount of sales calls um, a day and a week. And honestly, like just grinding it out on the phones is not me. Like it's just, I mean, it just wasn't me. So I. I didn't hit my numbers, my activity numbers. And then it was just like such a snowball effect of just, oh my gosh, I'm never going to do it. And then I'm not going to be anything. And it, I wasn't even through January yet. And I had already given up on the year. And like, <laughs> it's like, it's never going to happen. Right. <laughs> so uh, I, I learned that in the process that it's, it's not necessarily about, um, so like when you set a goal, you also have to, I you also have to set a goal that's somewhat within your habit patterns, right? Because if you've never run a day in your life and then all of a sudden you just say, okay, I'm going to start running five days a week, but you don't like join a running club or any kind of accountability type thing. And it's just you. And then the first time it rains, you're like, nah, I'll make up for it on Saturday. <laughs> and then Saturday, people are like, hey, you want to go out? You're like, yeah, I'll make up for it on Sunday. And it's like, ah, oh, then I got to go to church. I mean, I can't do that. So it, you don't set yourself up for success. So um, again, for me, I, I just learned that when I set goals, I have to set it within the structure of my life, within my personality type, and with I, within the areas I know I can succeed. Like for you, because you like to sleep in, it's not good for you to make a goal that you're going to wake up at 4.30 a.m. every morning. It's just not going to, long term, it's not going to work for you. And that's okay. Nope. Yeah, that's never going to work for me for sure. Um, (laughs) So I actually, it's really cool. I saw a couple of different pageant girls on my timeline, Stephen, this year, having vision board creation parties this month. 
in the month of December, which I thought was amazing that these women are getting ahead of the year and they're like, I love to use the word accountability too. I think that's so important in goal setting. Um, so I, I love that that was happening. So I think goal setting can look different for a lot of different people. So tell me what you think is your, what's been your most successful means of sitting down and having a goal setting session? What does it look like? What, what supplies do we need? Who do we need, et cetera? Well, so I have a, a strong relationship with, with Christ and I believe that God is the center of my world. And so what I do is I try to create an atmosphere of just like, okay, like what do I want to create this, this year? And when it, when I was single, it looks different than what I looked at now. And in truth, Renata and I are still finding our way of like, what's a balance between my personality and hers and how we set goals together. Um, but with myself, I got into a routine of, um, for me, I would be in solitude and I would like buy a bottle of wine and I would just listen to like, um, jazz music or just instrumental music or whatever. And I just like get out a blank sheet of paper, had zero lines on it. And, um, I have all these different colored pens. They're kind of like markers slash pens. And I would just start writing the different things that I would want to accomplish. And even leading up to this time, I just start to think this time around, just because it's in my habit patterns of what it is I want to create the following year. And so I just start kind of brainstorming of what it is. And then I get it narrowed down to what's the one action step or the two or the three at most that if I did this, it would have a ripple effect on all other aspects of my life. Hmm. Um, and again, like if you're, if you're someone that's fueled by being around people, it might not um, it might not interest you to be in solitude. That might be like prison to you. But I'm a um, my personality type is an introvert extrovert. So I'm a professional extrovert at <laughs> parties. But how I recharge is I'm by myself. No one else is around. Like all day yesterday, Renata was gone until nine. It's like I didn't really talk to very many people at all. It was just there, <laughs> just recharging. Um, so I, and what I do is, so I write down what I want to create again, never more than three. And then I reorder them in the order of importance. So like I want to accomplish this, then that, then this. And I've done this both ways. Um, what I'm getting ready to say here. One is I will write my goals in the, in the, um, on a blank sheet of paper and my colored marker, and then I tape them on the wall. So I see them first thing when I wake up, last thing um, when I go to bed. And it says, like, I, Stephen Roddy, make X amount of money by December 31st, 2018. You know, it would be like that. Based on your personality, it might look like more per month. But regardless of what it is that you want to achieve, you want to write it down so that you've already achieved it when you read it and then you read it out loud morning and night. Cause that's when your mind is most impressionable. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually psychologists have done studies that say when you read your goals before going to sleep, your subconscious mind goes to work throughout the night to start to figure out how you can accomplish that particular goal. So, um, by reading it <laughs> aloud, it, it just, it triggers that, but I've also done it to where I write them down. Um, and then I just store them away and I pull it out um, at the end of the year to see like what it is I've accomplished. But either way, like I've been the goals that I've achieved, I've been so intimately like connected with that goal that I achieve it. 
because whether I put it away or I look at it, the thing is, it's so connected with what I actually want to achieve that it's never far from my mind. And it serves mm-hmm. as a compass towards what it is that I want to create. Um, so that's, did I answer the question? I feel like I did. Yeah, for, okay. for sure. I mean, <laughs> and it looks different for everyone. Like you said, it looks different yeah. for everyone. So see what works best for you. Have And I think it's also important like, to have fun with it, right? Oh, completely. I mean, it's a journey and you're learning yourself. And that's the whole process. It's not necessarily about getting a crown, a dollar amount, even like finding your spouse. Like who I am today, I'm a better person than who I was when I started goal setting because each time there's... I was listening to a, uh, um, another podcast on goal setting, um, and it was just a new one that I stumbled across, which I loved. But he said, um, in essence, you want to look at your goals in two ways. Like, you want to look when you're setting your goal, you want to look at the finish line. But then when you're analyzing, either if you hit your goal or even if you quote fell short of that goal, a lot of people feel like a failure and that's where I was. But he said, look back and see at the distance that you came from the starting line. And because don't, um, don't confuse like not hitting your goal with not making progress. And that's the, that's the purpose of this. Like even in the years where I was so far off my goals, I didn't accomplish them and I didn't feel like I got anywhere close I was growing as a human. I was growing as a leader so that when I had conversations like this and other people are listening in or side conversations with friends, um, I could be at a place where I could A, help them and B, feel more comfortable in my own skin where I didn't have to put on a show. So that it's just keep track of like the person that you're becoming throughout this process. Right. And excuse me. So let's, let's talk about quickly barriers. Like what holds people back from achieving those goals? I mean, for me, the biggest thing is lack of motivation. And when you, like we talked earlier, if you're setting goals outside your norm and like you're trying to maybe adopt a new habit, maybe that is one of your goals because what, what is the, what's the stat, Steven? It's two weeks to make a habit or two months to make a habit. Do you know what that is? Yeah. It, um, at the fastest that you can do it is three weeks. Um, other people say it's 60 days. Other people say it's 90 days, but the fastest I've heard was like three, three weeks. So 21 days. Yeah. So with that said, like you have to stay on task, you can't give up, but the lack of motivation really does get to a lot of people. It's making excuses or losing sight of the big picture. A big one for me is disorganization. That's when I got off, when I get off track is when I'm not focusing on keeping things in order. So those are just some common setbacks that I think prevent people from achieving goals. Do you have anything you want to add to that list? I would just say setting goals that are too big. Maybe like sometimes when people are setting a goal and they they feel like they have to set it big so that it's exciting, but deep down they don't believe that they can actually achieve it. And again, depending on who you are as a person, for me, I like to set goals that I know that I can achieve and then it's just a little bit past that. But when I was very first starting, like I gained energy by setting goals that I know that I can achieve. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, this is doable. I can, I can totally do this. And then when I sure. hit it, then I can take a little bit more risk and a little bit more risk. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, and especially like if you think about like for, for me, saving money is a big one for me for 2018. Because, um, you know, I'm planning a wedding, which is really exciting. Yes. But I'm a terrible saver. 
So it's just, I found something on Pinterest that I thought was really great. It was just minimal amounts that I'm transferring from my checking to my savings every week. And it's not like if you say, if I say I'm going to save $10,000 this year, I mean, that can sound daunting to a lot of people, but if you're able to break it down and find a way to achieve it, that doesn't seem so lofty. Um, that works for me tremendously. Yeah. And the thing with that, that a lot of people, myself included, when I was first starting off, I, I didn't create habits, right, that mm -hmm. allowed me to become successful. So like when I started saving like yourself, I wasn't good at it. Nobody's organically good at anything when you first start it. Mm -hmm. and, but what I did was I started reading like how do other people save money? And so I'm like, oh, you know what? They set it and forget it. There is a book, it's called The Automatic Millionaire that I read. And he analyzed like all these school teachers that retired with million dollars or whatever. And they all just had an automatic savings plan where they never had to think about it. It was just like a bill. And, you know, so people could transfer money automatically from checkings to savings or from paycheck to 401k or whatever, however you guys are set up. And when I sort of look at that with the, the money, I'm like, oh my gosh, can I do this in other areas of my life too, where I'm just, where it's more automated to where I'm forced to do whatever, um, forced to run, forced to work out. And that's where I'm like, Hey, can I work out with a friend starting off? And then that got me into a habit or, you know, nothing, nothing will get you into shape. Like the fear of being on stage where you have to appear shirtless in front of, you know, a few hundred people. So that'll definitely like motivate you too. But at the same time, some people are motivated by like the, I guess the, the publicity of a, a goal and some people aren't. So again, make sure that this works for you, for me. So I run a marathon every year, a half marathon with my dad every year. That was a goal that we set in 2013 and we've continued to sustain it through now. And he has no shame. Like if he needs a break and we have to walk, we walk because <laughs> my dad is my dad. Right. Uh -huh. But like if there's a crowd of people up ahead, I don't care how sore, how tired. I'm like, no, we are getting past this crowd. I want people to think I'm running this whole thing, even though I'm, I will never see those people again. But he doesn't <laughs> care. I care. Um, so how can we stay on track through the year and finish strong despite those setbacks that we talked about, whether it's excuses or, or laziness or just disorganization? So how can we stay on track and finish strong? Well, my personal um, belief is like set your goal at the beginning of the year. But if you get in like February and you're just not connected with that goal anymore, change it, right? Like there, <laughs> there's no, there's no written rule that says you have to stick with it because on it, you made it on January 1st. Mm -hmm. If you're not connected with it, if it's not energizing to you, just say, okay, w what did I maybe, uh, what could be improved by my goal setting? Like, you know, oh, I realized that maybe I was too ambitious or maybe I just didn't want that thing as much as I thought I did. Like maybe mm -hmm. I didn't want to like full out run a full half marathon. Like maybe I just wanted to be in it and walk it. It's cool. Um, but so readjust your goals. So especially if you're new or if you're a veteran and you're not hitting the goals that you like and you're still kind of searching for the system, set your goal, but then do monthly check-ins and then just see like, am I still connected? Am I working toward it? what kind of action steps am I making to get there? And for me, my goals are definitely moving targets. Um, I had a goal. I want to get more in shape and I was like, okay, I'm going to work out, um, after work. Well, after work, my mind's exhausted. And then it was, it was progressively hard to do it. And I was like, okay, well I'll work out after 
Renata goes to work. Like midday, I'll, t- I'll take a I'll take a break. And that didn't work for me either. And so it took like four, I would say four or five months after I was married to get back into a consistent workout program. You know, the goal was still I wanted to get back in shape, et cetera, but the I wasn't attached to like, oh, I made this up like four months ago, so I got to stick with it or I failed. No, it's like just course correct and, and give yourself permission to course correct throughout the year. Yeah, that's really important, I think, to say. And um, I think in closing, I'm going to reiterate the fact that, yes, pageantry is an industry where the outcome doesn't necessarily fall entirely into your hands. So if you set these goals and you achieve them all and the pageant weekend comes and it's not the result that you had hoped for or set the goal to achieve, that can be really difficult. But at the very least, you can look back on this year of 2018 and see that, you know, my goal was to do X amount of appearances and you achieved it. I guarantee you, your life is fuller, richer, more life experiences, more conversations, despite winning or not. Or if you were able to save the money that you wanted to, to get a new wardrobe, how satisfying is that? And so I just like... With everything in pageantry, you have to have the right mentality to know that put yourself in the best position to win and be successful. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, look at how much you've grown and be satisfied in yourself for that. So great. So if the girls want to learn how they can work with you towards their pageant goals and just to achieve their pageant goals, how would they do that? What would that look like? Yeah. So we have several options from one-on-one coaching sessions. So if you're listening to this and you say, you know, I want to talk through my goals for 2018 with Jesse. You can go ahead and set a one-on-one coaching session and be happy to do that with you. Or we have monthly memberships to the VIP coaching program, various levels, various pricing, um, starting at $47, going up to $119 a month, um, depending upon what kind of interaction you're looking for. So you can visit pageantplanet.com backslash coaching to learn more. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse, and happy new year, everyone. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.